The WBEN All Local. All Local. A daily look at what's happening in Buffalo, Western New York, and the world. I'm Susan Rose. I'm Brian Masarowski. And let's start with meteorologist John Hitchcock at the National Weather Service. We're looking at a warm-up this week. Uh, John, what about, well, start with today. What are we in for? Well, good morning, Susan and Brian. We do have a steady warm-up as we go through the week. Today won't be as cold as recent days. We expect a high in the low 30s, uh, but it will turn pretty windy today. Southwest winds will start to gust to about 35 miles an hour by the afternoon, so It'll be warmer temperature-wise, but it won't feel that much warmer because of the wind. Okay, so uh, wind kind of putting a damper a little bit on our warm-up for now. But it, definitely a lot different than the past week for sure. We were getting dumped on with snow. We had these frigid cold temperatures. And I think people have been looking at uh, you, you know, their phones or whatever, seeing that temperature change and thinking, yeah, this is a little bit of a relief. Yeah, we have uh, quite the January thaw coming uh, for Tuesday uh, kind of on the leading edge of the warmer coming in, we will have a period of wet snow that develops tomorrow morning, Tuesday morning. So it could be a little slippery on the way into work. And we see a general one to three inch snowfall through Tuesday. Could be a little bit of freezing rain as well, especially in the southern tier, well south of Buffalo. And then that will gradually transition to rain as we go through later Tuesday night and Wednesday as we get even warmer. So highs tomorrow in the mid-30s. By Thursday, we're in the 40s. Uh, and actually even the 40s by Wednesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, I'll look to be in the 40s, possibly even near 50 on Thursday when the warmth peaks. Wow. Well, with rain and that kind of a warm-up, is there any danger around here? Uh, for now, it doesn't look like there's much of a flood risk. Uh, what we've found after these huge lake effect events that we've had several times now, going back to the November 2014 storm and the 2022 events of November and December, if we have just a warm-up without much rain, uh, the snow just can't melt fast enough to produce any significant flooding. Now, if we have a lot of rain on top of that, that's when we can have issues. Uh, right now, the rainfall amounts look fairly light Wednesday and Thursday, but definitely something to keep an eye on. If those rainfall totals go up, then we could have some issues later in the week. Okay, yeah, uh, and already really seeing, you know, from the sunshine, I think, mostly yesterday, a lot of the snow melting, the icicles are out everywhere. You, you definitely have a little bit of that ice hanging around where it used to be just uh, nothing but snow, right? Yeah, and lake effect snow is very fluffy, so it tends to settle very quickly. Uh, so a lot of the decrease in snow depth you're seeing is just the settling of the snowpack, uh, just taking the air out of the snow as it kind of compacts on itself. So we haven't had much melting yet, and that compaction causes the uh, the icicles, too, on, on roofs. So not a lot of melting yet, but that will pick up once we warm above freezing by the middle of the week. And Lake Erie, John, has the temperature of the lake changed much? It did come down quite a bit. During that cold stretch, there's a little bit of shore ice in the shallow parts of the lake and the harbors, but essentially still wide open. Okay. Uh, John, thanks so much. John Hitchcock over at the National Weather Service joining us live this morning with an update on the weather, which, uh, you know, we threw in there as a little bit of a distraction, I have to admit. Exactly. <laughs> now we have to get to the other news. Yeah, the Bills season comes crashing to an end. Snap by Ferguson, hold by Martin, kick by Bass is on the way. And it is no good. No good wide to the right. Kansas City 27, Buffalo 24. The Chiefs eliminate the Bills from the playoffs for the third time in the past four years. Sucks. Losing sucks. Losing them, losing anybody at home sucks. Josh Allen threw for 186 yards, ran for 72 and had three total touchdowns. Allen going to keep it, lowers his head, and powers his way into the end zone. 
Josh Allen turned into a bulldozer and went two yards for the touchdown. His second rushing touchdown of the game. It wasn't enough in the end. Here's Sean McDermott. We'll look at things like we always do, and we've got to continue to, to work at it. That's where it starts is focus on, obviously, the season just got over, but we'll turn over every leaf this offseason, and you know I'm fully confident in this football team, fully confident in our staff, and we're within a whisker of tying that game and maybe even taking the lead there against the defending world champ. So, again, we just didn't do enough, starting with me, just didn't do enough tonight to win this game. <sighs> I think everybody's just kind of numb over this. Uh, just a kind of gut-wrenching way to lose that one when you, you had it right there. Again, you know, not uh, not a blowout. Last year was, you know, it was over from right. the get-go almost. Uh, this one had you hanging on until the very end. And for the second year in a row, the season ends at home. In the playoffs, Brayton Wilson caught up with fans after the game. For many Bills fans, Sunday's loss was another heartbreaker after persevering late in the regular season to pull out another division title. That was awesome, but it's like kissing your sister, you know? I want the big prize, and that's what the Bills are here for, and that's what we're here for, and I think this community deserves it, and we're ready for it. I don't know what's got to happen for that to happen, but we're ready for it to happen. That was Bills fan Mark Grimmer from Lockport. So what may need to change this offseason to help the Bills get over the hump going forward? Here's more from Bills fan Samantha Weiss from Massachusetts. I'm not going to say coaching because I love our coach and I love our overall staff. I don't know. I mean, here's the thing, though. Our defense was banged up. We had a lot of really key players that were out, and I think that we were all crossing our fingers that our backups would play well, and I think that they did. But we were banged up going into this game, so I think it would have been a miracle if we won. I'm feeling hopeful. I'm feeling sad but hopeful. More from Sunday's season-ending loss for the Bills is available on our website. Brayton Wilson, WBEN.com News. There's something we can all learn right there, just to uh, you change your expectations after the result comes in. Because what do we we were all so confident. You know, right. here is the Chiefs team that the Bills are finally going to beat. The Bills have been rolling, and even with those injuries, you know, they, they look so much better than they did at this point last season. And, you know, full confidence. And, you know, then after the game it turns into, well, if they won, it would have been a miracle. That's, that's, right, that's, that's what true. you have to do so true. to be able to get through something like that. But We all thought, oh, having them come to our house, you know, mm-hmm. it'll be a different result. Yeah. I mean, it was it was rocking at the beginning. It was. Yeah. Uh, you were there. What was... The, I, the noise, it's like the loudest I've heard. Loudest you've ever heard? Yeah. What was it like, though, in the second half? So, because watching did, from home. It did change in the second half. I, I feel like the, you know, they can't they come out right out and uh, march down the field right. in, like, two plays and score a touchdown. Right. And between that, like, kind of, you know, popping the balloon a little bit and, I don't know, people still in line at the bathroom or something like that. Like, I just, yeah. there was a, such a noticeable drop-off in the second half. There, there definitely was. Um, and maybe a lot of it was just everyone biting their fingernails. I think there were so many nervous people there it just it had to be because right. i uh and i think the I back and forth right i mean to make any noise. the lead changed six times in that game so crazy wild game and yeah. then you know they're lining up for that what was going through your head actually i was thinking oh no please don't i had <laughs> don't put it down to this well, i said it to lucas um you know before i left on thursday i'm you know i'm talking i just go what's your what's your confidence level in uh the kicking game here. What's uh, what's your confidence level in Tyler Bass? Because mine was Low. zero. Yeah. <laughs> it was just, I had that uh, feeling. I, I was hoping that it just, you know, it would never come up. 
Uh, but, you know, of course it does. It came right down to it. And there I mean, you go. they should have gotten a touchdown before they needed that mm. kick. Yeah. I, but they didn't. Whew. Uh, the tough one to take for uh, Bills Very. fans this morning because there was so much excitement, you know, after that. Uh, Rocky started the season. Yeah. What a great uh, stretch run and uh, winning streak there to end it. And then it just crashes. Yeah, almost, almost. Your exclusive WBEN 7 weather forecast. A little sunshine this morning, but clouds will thicken up. A few flurries this afternoon with a cool breeze. Temperatures in the low 30s. Tonight, some scattered snow showers, maybe even a little freezing rain across the southern tier. Overnight lows tonight near 30. Bit of a wintry mix expected on Tuesday with freezing rain across the southern tier. Snow buffaloed northward. Temperatures in the mid-30s. We're in the mid-40s by Wednesday. With your exclusive WBEN 7 weather forecast, I'm Chief Meteorologist Aaron Minkowski. Sal Capaccio was on the sidelines last night on WGR as the Bills season came to a sudden end. Sal, we're in all too familiar territory this morning. Gut-wrenching, heartbreaking loss to the Chiefs. I mean, this was a battle back and forth. In the end, what did it come down to? To me, it came down to the Bills' inability to stop the Chiefs' offense, um, especially the run game. Just really not expected that they would run the ball like that on the Bills. And, you know, the Bills, with their depleted defense, uh, I know injuries, you know, you don't want to say excuse, anything like that, but it hurt. Of course it did, but still the defensive line was not banged up and they didn't do a good enough job. They didn't get pressure on Patrick Mahomes. They didn't stop him uh, in the run game. And then... When that happens, you leave yourself less margin for error on offense, and they made too many mistakes on offense. Critical plays, critical drops, missed field goal at the end. Certainly didn't wasn't the reason they lost the game. Would have kept it tied. <clears throat> Sorry, with a minute and so left. But <clears throat> guys, I'm also just uh, getting getting in back <clears throat> into it this morning after a late night. <clears throat> Sorry about that. So there you go. Um, but I would say that that was the big thing for me. It was a missed um, opportunities on defense to stop the Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, the defense banged up. It's been that story all year long, though they have looked good and then, you know, couldn't get the job done yesterday. And then Sal, on offense, you mentioned they didn't have a ton of room for error. But the errors were made. Um, you know, for me, it's I look at that game and I'm just thinking of at least three in my head, three drop passes and then the missed field goal. And those those drop passes are just, they're killers, they are, and the Bills didn't really drive the ball downfield, and when they did, they have to come up with those because there were very few shots, and the reason there were few shots is, and I understand, they wanted to play more of a close conservative game because they had a depleted defense. They didn't want to have their defense out in the field against Patrick Mahomes. The Bills did a great job of controlling the game with the run early in the first or in the first half. They did not do that in the second half. That was a big change. They couldn't run the ball. When they had their opportunities to throw it downfield, they just didn't connect. And then, you know, late in the game, you know, just inside two minutes, and boy, Josh has Khalil Shakir, and if he hits him, the Bills are forcing the Chiefs to go down and score a touchdown at the end of the game, but Josh gets hit as he's throwing the ball, and it just goes a little short, so that's obviously another missed opportunity. You're right. When you have those few times, look, the Bills' longest play of the game outside of a Josh Allen scramble was 15 yards. You can't have that. You can't. The Chiefs had eight plays of 20 yards or more. The Bills had zero plays of 20 yards or more. Wow. Well, the kicking game, um, you know, Tyler Bass is one thing. And then all week, Sam Martin's status was questionable. Then he played and had a couple of wobbly punts, one of which was completely shanked. Why do you think he played? Well, obviously, they felt that he was good enough to at least punt the ball. Um, I mean, it's a tough tough thing to just 
put in a new punter you haven't worked with all year. And I know Matt Hawk was here last year or two years ago. It's a tough thing to do that just on the fly in the playoffs and go out there and you have to punt, you have to hold. On top of that, there was a numbers issue, guys. I mean, if if Sam Martin couldn't play and they had to bring Matt Hawk up from the practice squad, then you couldn't bring up either Andy Isabella or A.J. Klein. They had to have those guys. So the way that the rules work as far as how many guys you can elevate from the practice squad, it just kind of wasn't an option as long as – you know, Sam Martin was able to at least go out there and try and punt. And he was able to, but like you said, it just it didn't work out. And now you're kind of just left wondering what happens next, right? I mean, just a, a, a heartbreaker. But Sal, it, it, heartbreaker, I think, is like a key word there because you look over the past few years, this team rarely loses, right? Like They just, they're winning like crazy. And when they do lose... It's by the slimmest of margins. Like, it's just yeah. there. And and I think a lot of fans are just kind of grappling with that this morning. It's like, is this a good team that's just unlucky or, or has, like, a, a wrong miscue or a drop pass at, at the wrong time or something like that? Or does something, you know, really need to change here? Well, there's always going to be changes, Brian, right? We know that. There's going to be some front office changes here, whatever it is. There's going to be staff changes, coaching staff changes. There's going to be a lot of personnel changes. This is a team that's older now. It has been for a couple of years. We've known that there's going to be some sort of, you know, uh, roster turnover with salary cap purposes. There's guys that, you know, maybe last night did, did both Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer play their final game in a Bills uniform, right? I mean, things like that. Gabe Davis is going to be a free agent. You got guys that have played really well that you'd love to have back, like Daquan Jones. He's going to be a free agent. Is there enough is there enough money? What about the guys coming back from injury? Matt Milano, Tredavious White, how do they fit in? You know, and well, not how, this, how they fit in, how do they recover and come back, I should say. Um, and if, when you're talking about big, broader changes, you know, I'm not really sure, you know, what that entails, but there will always be some sort of changes and it's a bottom line business and nothing surprises me in this league when those things happen. Um, you know, I think the bills are, they, they, they have a good staff. They have a good coaching staff. They have a good front office staff. They have an elite quarterback. And as long as you have those things, you're always going to be contenders. You're always going to be in the mix. So I don't know what it takes. Does it take just for the chiefs to be bad one year? I don't know what it takes because I, you know, if this wasn't the year you had them, you had them here, you had them in this game and, didn't work out, and um, you just wonder if it could ever happen now. What was your take on the fake punt last night? You know, I, I don't mind the call the, the, to, to fake punt overall. I didn't like the, the manner in which they did it, which is you're asking a backup safety, a really a number four safety, Damar Hamlin, to get five yards on the ground, and I didn't like that part of it. I, I understand Sean McDermott's reasoning. He said they weren't stopping him all night, and that's right. That's what I just said to you guys. That to me, like you have to stop him. They weren't stopping him all night, so he wanted to have you know they wanted to try and keep the ball in their hands and do something. And unfortunately, they had a loss in the play before, which put him fourth and five instead of fourth and two, where it could have been. And then maybe he does get the first down. And I know a lot of people say, well, if you want to go five yards and just put Josh Allen on the field, and I get that, and you could do that. But then the KC keeps their normal defense on the field instead of their special teamers, right? So there's a lot that goes into it. And by the way, KC had ten guys on the field. Um, so, you know, you should make that play, but I didn't like the actual physical play call. I didn't mind the philosophy of faking it. I, I was wondering, and I, I don't know if there's clarification of this after, because you saw the 10 men on the field and like the, the kind of scrambling and everything else that was looking a little bit different. Was that something that was pre-planned or was that like an audible? They see only 10 men and all right, we're going with a, a fake punt. We're switching things up, uh, called at the line or something. 
from what I understand, Brian, talking with people, it was called already before they knew there were 10 guys. They knew they were going to fake it when they ran out onto the field. And then it was kind of decided from there, like what they're doing and how they're doing it. I think they have a couple of different calls or checks. They can go based on the alignment of the defense, but they already had made up their mind that they were faking it even before that there were only 10 guys on the field. Hey, you know, Sal, before we let you go here, uh, you had to talk over a rowdy crowd all night long. Yeah. I, I mean, just the, the, the kickoff and just the game atmosphere, it had to be just something else. It was awesome. It was just awesome. What a great atmosphere, you know, and I just, I'm hurting for Bill's Mafia today, guys. I really am. I mean, just, you know, to have that team here and to walk away as dejected and disappointed as people are, it just sucks. And you knew last night was the final game in that stadium this year. No matter what would have happened, they would have won. They've been up in Baltimore this week, but what a, what a, what a great showing by Bill's Mafia. It was super loud. I give the Chiefs and Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes credit for coming in here and being able to handle that crowd noise because that's as loud as I've ever heard it down there. And it just stinks that, um, you know, this is how the season ends. Yeah. All right. All right, Sal. Well, we'll be talking with you as uh, changes are sure, sure to come. sure we will. All right. Sal Capaccio. From... Be a stranger. Make sure you call me, okay? <laughs> we will. <laughs> Sal Capaccio <laughs> from WGR Sports Radio 550. That's the WBEN All Local. All new episodes are made available each weekday morning. Produced by the award-winning WBEN Newsroom.